When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code WELCOME. On today's show, there will be so much fire, so much fury, and frankly, power, fire, fury, and power. With regard to North Korea, we'll go through all of the things having to do with North Korea. Plus, Ashley Judd gets very angry when a guy says that she's a sweetheart. Well, that's weird. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. So on Passover, Jews do a prayer in the middle of the Haggadah where it talks about uh, the, the God bringing his wrath down upon the Egyptians. And it says that God brings the band of emissary of evils and the, the hand of God and the finger of God and, and fire and fury. And basically, Trump decided that he was going to quote the Haggadah yesterday with regard to North Korea. We'll go through all of that. Plus... The, the left seems much more perturbed with President Trump than they are with Kim Jong-un, which is very weird to me and quasi-disgusting. Not quasi, it's just disgusting. We'll get to all of that, actually. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Blinds.com. So right now, look around your house. You know, okay, you have a bunch of ugly curtains, or you have a bunch of blinds that look like they're from the wire. You just you need to get rid of all the garbage that's on your windows. And in order to replace them, you need to go over to Blinds.com and get yourself some really nice blinds. And we're not just talking like the, the cheap wire blinds that you see from the old 80s movies with, with, uh, with Nick Nolte. We're talking about like actual blinds that look nice on your windows. And that's what Blinds.com does. They make it really easy for you. If you're not sure what you want or even where to start, at Blinds.com you get a free online design consultation. You send them pictures of your house. They send back custom recommendations from a professional for what will work with your color scheme, furniture, and specific rooms. I know that I find this particularly handy because I suck at this kind of stuff. I'm great at everything else, but this is the one thing in the universe I'm awful at. And that's why Blinds.com comes in super handy. They'll even send you free samples to make sure that everything looks as good in person as it does online. Every order gets free shipping. And this is the best part. If you mismeasure or you do it wrong, they will fix it. They'll remake your blinds for free. So you're the one who's an idiot and blinds.com makes it right anyway. They make it really easy for you. There is no excuse for having that ugly garbage on your windows. For a limited time, you get 20% off everything at blinds.com when you use promo code Ben. Again, that's blinds.com promo code Ben. As Blinds.com, promo code Ben, get 20% off everything. This is faux wood blinds, cellular shades, roller shades, and more. Blinds.com, promo code Ben, rules and restrictions do apply. Use that promo code Ben to get your 20% off, plus you, they will know that we sent you. Also, by the way, just noting, I mean, I'm not, self, not in any self-aggrandizing way or anything. We're still number two on iTunes overall, so if you want to keep us that way. We still have not overcome Oprah, and I've decided that I would very much like to give away bottles of Vaseline like Tyra Banks in that crazy YouTube clip, um, but... I can't give them away to all of you, but what you can do is you can go and you can leave us a review right now, and that will help us overtake Oprah as the number one iTunes podcast in the United States. Oprah must be defeated. Oprah must be defeated. Okay, like Cicero talking about Carthage. Okay, Oprah Delenda Est. Okay, we have to we have to take down Oprah at the top of the iTunes chart. So go over and subscribe and leave us a review. Okay, so. Now to the news portion of our show. So let's talk about what's going on with North Korea. So over the last couple of days, it's reported that North Korea, uh, Kim Jong-un, who looks like a dog-chewed tennis ball that got really pissed at the world. Um, Kim Jong-un, uh, he has developed apparently a, a 
nuclear weapon that is capable of fitting in a warhead which can be fitted to his ICBMs, his intercontinental ballistic missiles. This, of course, would give him the capacity to hit Los Angeles. The bad news about that is it would end the show. The good news about that is that it would wipe out Hollywood. But it is really not a great thing that they can hit the United States with their, with their missile technology now, particularly not with a nuke. Uh, that is scary stuff. And Kim Jong-un happens to be one crazy loon bag crazy man. So none of this is good. Now, President Trump did something really good over the weekend. He, he got through the U.N. Security Council, a 15-0 resolution uh, to place new sanctions on North Korea. That's, that's a good thing. Even China and Russia voted for it. He's also talking about taking economic measures against China in an attempt to press them to stop their material support for the Kim Jong-un regime. This seems like a positive move. Uh, the, well, we're stuck sort of between a rock and a hard place, to be completely honest. I don't have any easy answers on North Korea because I'm not privy to the military plans. I can tell you what the general situation is. Okay, North Korea has 20,000 pieces of ordnance that are pointed at Seoul. Seoul is a, a city of millions of people. You could easily see a situation in which the United States launches a military strike on Pyongyang and Kim Jong-un basically pulls a string and suddenly Seoul, 100, 200,000 people are dead in the middle of the capital of South Korea. I mean, it's that close. So that obviously is weighing heavily on the minds of the people in national security positions. You know, you sort of hope that they have better plans than that. You sort of hope that they have the capacity to take out all of that ordinance as part of a first strike, that if we were going to take out this, this regime, that we would take out all that ordinance at the same time so that South Korea could live and be well. Now, we've also worked on the installation of the THAAD missile defense system in South Korea. You recall that President Trump idiotically early in his administration said we should withdraw funding for that. We absolutely should not and have not. So that means that THAAD has continued to develop, which is a, a necessary thing. So the, the North Koreans developed this new weapon. Uh, they are now talking about having a long-range missile. Once they have that, it makes it very difficult for the United States to take a preemptive strike because what happens if, as in their death throes, the North Koreans fire off their ICBM with a nuke attached to the top of it at Los Angeles? Right? That's, that's the problem with, with them having a nuke. Another reason why the, the Iranian deal is so stupid because it, the last thing you want is the Iranians to have the capacity to deter any military action by the United States if we feel the necessity to take some. Um, but Trump comes out yesterday, he's asked about this, uh, and he proceeds to uh, basically speak in actually sort of Kim Jong-un-type language with regard to what we are going to do to North Korea if they continue to make threats. Here's what he had to say. North Korea does not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. He has been very threatening uh, beyond a normal statement. And as I said, they will be met with fire, fury, and frankly, power, the likes of which this world has never seen before. Okay. Thank you. So everybody took that as him basically making a threat that he's going to nuke North Korea. Uh, and that's because of this phrase that he ends at the uh, ends there with. You know, he, he, he could end with, we're going to meet them with fire and fury and emissary of evil and a band of demons. And oh, we are going to unleash all the power people, all of it. Right. He could, he could have said that. But when he says beyond anything we've ever seen, uh, that makes it sound like he's actually going to. I mean, look at Tom Price's face here. <laughs> it actually sounds like like Trump wants to nuke North Korea. And a lot of people are freaked out about that because Trump is unpredictable. He doesn't know much about nuclear power. I mean, he didn't know what the nuclear triad was in the middle of the campaign. So people are freaked out about that. Now, I don't take it that seriously. I, I don't think Trump is talking about nuking North Korea and starting some sort of nuclear World War Three with North Korea. 
Um, he uses that phrase all the time, right? When he says more than anything we've ever seen before, like he says that with regard to his election victory. He said that with regard to congressional malfeasance. He said that with regard to Obamacare. Uh, This language of anything we've ever seen before, it's just like a throwaway line that he likes to use at the end of things. I tweeted yesterday, one of the problems with the president who speaks only in superlatives is you actually don't know when he's serious. If you constantly are saying everything is the best, everything is the grandest. Like my grandfather was like this very enthusiastic guy, my grandpa. And Papa used to say... Everything was the most exciting. Everything was the best. Everything was the most incredible. And so you never knew whether something was actually great or whether he had just gotten like a scoop of ice cream. Like you didn't know what, the, what, what exactly was happening. The same thing is true of Trump. He speaks constantly in superlatives. And so do you know what he's talking about? The answer is really not so much. Now, is that a huge deal? Eh, not really. I mean, the fact is that, you know, everybody's going nuts over this. You know, people are saying, oh, he's going to start World War III. No, he's not going to start World War III. And the situation in North Korea is not Trump's fault. The media is already attempting to place blame at Trump's feet for the situation in North Korea. Obviously, that's not true. I'm going to go through the history of American malfeasance with regard to North Korea. Trump's been on the job for like five minutes. Okay, this is not Donald Trump's fault in any real way. I do want to show you this meme that uh, a pro-Trumper uh, was uh, tweeted at me yesterday, and I just thought this was hilarious. This is from the last episode of Game of Thrones, uh, in case you can't see it. And it is Kim Jong Un sitting there next to Jamie Lannister. Best not make any more threats to the United States. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. (laughs) So it's Trump as Daenerys Targaryen uh, riding the dragon (laughs) into battle while Kim Jong Un sits there looking confused. So that is pretty spectacular. And of course, it's true that if we were to get into some sort of actual firefight with North Korea, this sucker's over in five minutes. I mean, the United States took out the third largest military on planet Earth in Iraq in three weeks. You know, yes, it broke out into an insurgency afterward. But if we're just talking about destroying top-down the administration in North Korea, we could do that in under 15 minutes. Sebastian Gorka, who I think has been I, I think he's really been wrongly maligned by a lot of people. He's a national security advisor to President Trump. who's on Sean Hannity's show last night. And he says, listen, North Korea is a lot of bluster and a lot of talk led by um, a short, fat dwarf. But, uh, but, we should really, uh, but, but we should really know that this is a very, very weak country. Is that enough to stop this madman? Or is he even mad? He's just, again, he likes to cause trouble on the world stage. This is not the Cold War. Remember during the Cold War we had this phrase, correlation of forces. We had a balance, we had a standoff, more than 20,000 nuclear warheads on either side. This is not the Soviet Union. This is a Potemkin village. This, this regime cannot even feed its own people. That's how much of a, of a paper tiger it is. So now they have to send a very clear message. Rex Tillerson today at the ASEAN meeting said they can send a signal no more ballistic missile testing then we will know that sanity reigns and they don't want to bring down the ire of the president and the western community against north korea okay so he's obviously correct but the problem is what sort of threat can you actually leverage against north korea that's credible this is the only problem with trump's language because trump says things and then there's no real follow-through you don't know what to take seriously. It actually emboldens our enemies in certain ways. So, for example, you, you see that clip. He says, if they make any more threats, fire, fury, dragon fire. You know, well, what's the word that she says when she launches the dragon fire? She, but in any case, you know, it's, it's, it's that, right? It, it, that's what Trump is saying. And the problem is that North Korea immediately comes out and, and immediately says, well, okay, fine, we're going to sink Guam, right? That's really what they came out. They said, okay, well, we'll fire a missile at Guam. 
Okay, well, that's another threat, and the United States didn't really have any retaliation for that. Apparently, we're going to send some missile defense over to Guam. Um, But here's the truth. Everybody is overheated about all of this. So the left is super overheated about all of this. CNN says, we're all going to die. This this tiny, you know, stupid country led by, you know, it's, the country's fine, but the stupid guy, who the evil piece of garbage who leads the country, he's going to nuke us all. We're all going to die because he finally has fitted a nuclear warhead to an ICBM, even though we don't know the ICBM works. We don't know if the warhead works. Uh, and this guy is basically relegated to getting bad haircuts and killing his relatives in airports with anthrax. Uh, here is CNN losing its mind, right? Basically doing the 1950s style, everybody get under your desk because we're all going to have to prep. Duck and cover for the nuclear attack. This picture purports to show Kim Jong-un with a miniaturized nuclear weapon. People laughed at it when it came out last year, but now if they believe this is the real deal, what does it show us? Well, it would suggest that this would be about two feet across. Experts say it might weigh 500, 600 pounds, something like that. And it would have potentially the destructive potential of those bombs that you mentioned, which the United States dropped on Japan 72 years ago this week. But look at the difference in size. Each of these was 10 to 11 feet long, weighed around something around 10,000 pounds. These had to be carried by a heavy bomber. This is a different thing altogether. In this case, maybe you are talking about something that can fit in the nose cone of one of their existing missiles. If that is the case, it changes the game because their last missile test went 2,300 miles up into space, way above the space station, way above many satellites out there. Yeah, it only went 621 land miles, but that's because it basically went straight up and came straight down. Some scientists say if you flatten out that trajectory, if you fire it across the Earth, then you could reach Guam, you could reach Hawaii, Alaska, and some scientists say, based on the weight of the payload, in theory, they could reach about half of the United States and some major cities in here. Okay, so we're all going to die. Everybody be scared. Now, listen, is it fine for CNN to, to show us what North Korea's capacity is? Sure, but they, the kind of scare tactics that they're using uh, are, are just ridiculous. Okay, there's uh, Fareed Zachariah of CNN. He comes out and he says, the real threat here is, is, is Donald Trump. And here's, the, here's where the left really loses their mind. Okay, I'm going to go through the history of the North Korean situation and show you why this is not Trump's fault. But the left is basically saying, if anything bad here happens, it's obviously because of Trump. We had blame Bush, and then we had eight years of Obama existing, and we don't care about about what Obama did because basically his entire tenure goes into a black hole, according to the media. It was just sunshine and rainbows for eight years. Um, but now Trump is president again, and whatever Trump does has to be wrong. So here's Fareed Zachariah saying it's just terrible what Trump said about that, that crazy little nut job, Kim Jong-un. What worried me about it is the kind of rhetoric Donald Trump used is the kind of rhetoric the North Koreans use. Right. It's not the kind of rhetoric the United States of America uses. We are measured. We are careful. We match our words with deeds. Uh, we do not go out and say the, the you know could make these kind of outlandish claims, which frankly will not be met. Um, we will not. Let me confidently say, uh, respond to North Korea with fire and fury, the kind of which the world has never seen before. Okay, so it's so terrible. How could Donald Trump use this language? Direct quote, Bill Clinton, 1993. It would mean the end of their country as they know it. It's Bill Clinton who said that about North Korea if they were to use a nuclear weapon. It would mean the end of their country as they know it. Okay, so apparently, you know, it's the end of the world if Trump uses this sort of language. But when Bill Clinton used that sort of language, no problem at all. Another MSNBC analyst says the same thing. Well, Trump, he's just like a North Korean leader. I mean, it's just like that. You know, I make a joke about the sort of language that he uses, but they actually take that seriously. 
The president sounds like a North Korean leader, you know, <laughs> Kim Jong-il, Kim Jong-un, you know, the son of Kim Jong-il, uh, Kim Jong-il, um, they all talked about literally sea of fire. That was the, the threat that they used more often than not. I used to have a huge file folder of all the crazy, colorful things that the North Koreans would say and the names that they would call our American presidents. So President Trump sounds more like a North Korean leader, unfortunately, than an American leader. Okay, again, no, not so much. Is the language overblown? Of course it's overblown because that's who Trump is. Do I wish that General James Mattis were in charge of all of our military policy? Yeah, I do. I mean, like, I would be much more comfortable sleeping at night if it were Mattis who were making these sorts of comments, right? Mattis does say this sort of stuff and you have to take it seriously. When Trump says it, you know, he could be talking about contestants on The Apprentice. You just don't know. But is this... The, you know, the, the left is so intent on making Trump the bad guy that they're forgetting that Trump actually hasn't done anything wrong here. And what he's talking about is perfectly within the realm of possibility. No, he's not talking about nuclear weapons use. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said that this morning. Again, this is one of the problems with Trump and Twitter is he went on Twitter and then he said, well, we've modernized our nuclear weapons. So in case we have to use them. But in real in reality, the White House is not seriously talking about any of that now. I want to get to the, the history of the North Korean situation in just a second. But first, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Blue Apron. So everyone in L.A. has Blue Apron. Everyone in L.A. is lazy. We don't like going to the grocery store. We don't know how to shop for things. We certainly don't know how to cook. But that's where Blue Apron comes in. So what Blue Apron does is they send you all of the freshest ingredients with the recipe. And it comes to your house and you cook it yourself. It is fresh. It is home cooked. It tastes restaurant quality. I mean, they send you all of these meals and it's under $10 per person for any delicious meal. They send you different meals every day. They don't repeat meals, so you never get bored. You know, for us at our house, we have the same meals like every Monday, but with Blue Apron, you don't have to. You know, the fact is the Blue Apron will switch the recipes up. I mean, listen to some of these recipes. Basil pesto chicken with summer vegetable panzanella. I don't even know what panzanella is and it sounds amazing. Whole grain pasta and summer vegetables with heirloom tomato caprice salad. Meatball pizza with fresh mozzarella cheese and charmed tomatoes. I can't eat that because of the meat and milk, but you can if you're not Jewish. So enjoy yourself because that sounds amazing. All this sounds terrific. There's certain things in Judaism that you really, you know, that you, you envy those who don't actually have to keep the law. Meat and milk sounds terrific together, but uh, we don't do that. But if you're with Blue Apron and you don't keep kosher, then it's all you, man, because it's going to be amazing. Everybody, people in the office have used Blue Apron. They love Blue Apron. Everyone in L.A. is using it right now. And you go to blueapron.com slash Shapiro, blueapron.com slash Shapiro. You get your first three meals free with free shipping. If you go to blueapron.com slash Shapiro, you'll love how good it feels and it tastes to create incredible home-cooked meals, much less expensive than going to a restaurant much Cleaner, much better, much fresher. Blueapron.com slash Shapiro. Less than $10 per person per meal. And right now you get your first three meals free with free shipping at blueapron.com slash Shapiro. Blue Apron is a better way to cook. Blueapron.com slash Shapiro. And that lets them know that we sent you as well. Okay, so, and just a final note on the left losing its mind over Trump. MSNBC's Lawrence O'Donnell, uh, who is just an egregiously bad host, he came out and he said, the big problem here is that both North Korea and the United States have unpredictable liars in charge, right? It's the same leadership as North Korea and the United States. Come on now. Come on. His response to that uniquely bad news for his uniquely incompetent and ineffective administration is to simply lie and to say that his administration has achieved more than most. A North Korean regime style lie. That's Donald Trump's choice. To, in terms of describing the accomplishments of his administration. And so the Trump administration enters its first deadly, serious, dangerous, 
international crisis, this time with an unpredictable liar in North Korea, and for the first time in American history, the United States has an unpredictable liar who is in control of the nuclear codes that could instantly create fire and fury like the world has never seen. There is no indication that the White House or the President had any intention at all of making any comment about North Korea today. What the President did say was in response to a shouted question by a reporter. Okay, so it's just terrible. Everything that Trump does is wrong. Everything Trump does is bad. Trump is the real threat. You know, this is a constant refrain from the left, and it's getting very irritating. The United States is always the real threat. George W. Bush was a cowboy warmonger. He was the real threat. In the Middle East, Israel is the real threat. In Europe, it's the Europeans who are the real threat. It's always the West that's the real threat. Trump is the real threat. Obama was never the real threat because he was of the left. But anybody who is not hardcore left is part of the problem. You see, it's not just Kim Jong-un is an evil dictator who's enslaved millions of people inside of his own country, starved, starved people to death. You understand that the average height of a North Korean is, I believe, three inches shorter than the average height of a South Korean? They're the same genetic stock. So why is that? It's because of malnutrition. And North Korea is a giant garbage heap. If you look at the satellite photos, you see at night, North, South Korea completely lit up. You get to North Korea, nothing, completely black. There are no lights anywhere in North Korea except Kim Jong-un's little palace. So it's just, but don't worry, it's Donald Trump who's the real threat. This is one of the things that maddens me about the left, because the fact is that even if you're of the left, you could acknowledge that in times of national crisis like this, in times when you have an evil dictator threatening the United States, maybe you ought to give the president a little bit more credit than to compare him to the evil dictator in a serious way. Maybe you ought to give him a little more credit, because the fact is the United States is still the United States. When Barack Obama did something I I disagreed with, when he went into Libya, You know, I disagreed with that. I thought it was a bad move by President Obama to get rid of Muammar Gaddafi. But I never compared Obama to Gaddafi. I never thought they were the same person. That's insane. Okay, to try and compare the American leader to dictators, foreign dictators, and suggest that they are of the same piece is really just a way of blaming America for problems around the world with which it had nothing to do. Now, the other thing that's happened here is that there's been this attempt to read Trump back into history. Oh, it's Trump's fault. If everything falls apart, it's Trump's fault. Trump has inherited a 50 to, well, really a 60-year bad situation. I'm going to go all the way back. We're going to go back into the time machine and talk about the U.S. policy with regard to North Korea because it's always been pretty egregiously bad. So we fight the Korean War. The Korean War starts almost right after World War II, uh, when the Chinese and, and the North Koreans uh, begin to invade South Korea. And, uh, and, and Harry Truman says, we have to check that advance. And he sends MacArthur to basically stop that. Here's Harry Truman talking at the time about why the United States has an interest in, in, in retaining the freedom of South Korea. If the Soviet Union really wants peace, it can prove it and could have proved it on any day since last June 25th by joining the rest of the United Nations and calling upon the North Koreans to lay down their arms at once. Okay, so Harry Truman called on on the Russians to stop supporting the North Koreans and the Chinese to stop supporting the North Koreans. It never happened. And then the Chinese started pouring people across the border. MacArthur suggested, let's strike China and get this over with right away. And Harry Truman said, no, we're not going to do that and ended up firing MacArthur. North Korea survives. South Korea ends up surviving through the sacrifice of 50,000 American troops. We lost an enormous number of men in South Korea attempting to defend a free South Korea. And thank God we did, because South Korea is a flourishing Western country today. It would be another communist dictatorship hellhole if it weren't for the sacrifice of America's brave men in the armed services 
during the Korean War, the Forgotten War in American history, a, a good war that we fought and, and retained freedom for millions of people who now live under the threat of a nuclear-armed dictator in North Korea. Uh, I want to continue with our, our little history lesson because this is not about Trump, okay? This is about the West that made the wrong move at every step in the North Korean history. Uh, but first, I want to say thank you to our sponsors over at Stamps.com. So, you sick of waiting in line at the post office? You forgot to go to the grocery store and pick up stamps? Well, no fear. You're sitting at your computer right now, maybe listening to this podcast, and you need stamps for all your outgoing mail. You need to go over to Stamps.com right now. They bring all the services of the U.S. Postal Service right to your fingertips. You can buy and print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail using your own computer and printer. They make it easy. They even send you a digital scale automatically calculating the exact postage. I use stamps.com because I am sick of waiting at the post office and I don't want my employees having to run over to the post office and waste time in line. So go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Shapiro. That's stamps.com. Enter promo code Shapiro. And right now, you will get a four-week trial plus postage and a digital scale without any long-term commitment. Go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the page, type in Shapiro, and that will get you that free week trial plus postage plus digital scale, no long-term commitment. Again, that's stamps.com, promo code Shapiro. Never go to the post office again. Use that promo code Shapiro so that they know that we sent you as well. Okay, so Harry Truman were involved in the, in the Korean War. By the end of the Korean War, uh, which ends July 27th, 1953, when there's an armistice signed. That creates the Korean demilitarized zone, which separates North Korea from South Korea. Uh, the conflict was never actually declared a war. It was always considered a police action, and it was supposedly to uphold the, the ability of the international community to control North Korea. Well, so much for that. Okay, Eisenhower, who is the guy who signed the armistice, uh, here's his explanation of why the United States was involved in the Korean War. When the enemy struck on that June day of 1950, what did America do? It did what it always has done in all its times of peril. It appealed to the heroism of its youth. This appeal was utterly right and utterly inescapable. It was inescapable not only because this was the only way to defend the idea of collective freedom against savage aggression. That appeal was inescapable because there was now, in the plight into which we had stumbled, no other way to save honor and self-respect. The answer to that appeal has been what any American knew it would be. It has been sheer valor. Valor on all the Korean mountainsides that each day bear fresh scars of new graves. Okay, so and the fact is that the United States intervention is what allowed South Korea to exist, but the reality of, of Truman's unwillingness to listen to MacArthur's plans to cross the Yalu River and actually strike at the Chinese led both to the continuation of a Chinese regime, which continues to oppress a billion people today, um, but also the continuation of the North Korean regime. Okay, fast forward. So now we go forward to the Clinton administration. So we've had Kim Il-sung, who is the head of the, uh, the, the Kim family in North Korea, and he's been succeeded by Kim Jong-il who is the, the father of the current Kim Jong-un. Kim Jong-il was the one who gets made fun of in, in Team America, if you recall. And he is developing nuclear weapons and he's developing long-range missile capabilities. And Bill Clinton is so concerned about this in 1993 that one of the options that is presented to him is a deal where he would actually put 10,000 more American troops into South Korea. We would move battle carriers into the region. We'd start evacuating American citizens from that region in preparation, possibly, for a strike against North Korea. And that's when Jimmy Carter goes on CNN without permission, 
of the Clinton administration, goes on CNN, and he announces on CNN that he's come to an agreement. So Jimmy Carter goes freelancing and creates this framework for an agreement, and then Bill Clinton goes on TV and takes credit for this garbage framework. This is 1994, President Bill Clinton making concessions to an evil terrorist regime. Before I take your questions, I'd like to say just a word about the framework with North Korea that Ambassador Gallucci signed this morning. This is a good deal for the United States. North Korea will freeze and then dismantle its nuclear program. South Korea and our other allies will be better protected. The entire world will be safer as we slow the spread of nuclear weapons. South Korea, with support from Japan and other nations, will bear most of the cost of providing North Korea with fuel to make up for the nuclear energy it is losing. And they will pay for an alternative power system for North Korea that will allow them to produce electricity while making it much harder for them to produce nuclear weapons. The United States and international inspectors will carefully monitor North Korea to make sure it keeps its commitments. Only as it does so will North Korea fully join the community of nations. Ha, 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 ha. So none of this crap happened. Uh, all, all, all that happened here was the United States basically rebuilt North Korea's electrical grid work. We provided them the material for light nuclear reactors, uh, and they continued to covertly create a nuclear weapon. And the reason that they continued to do that is because, after all, if the West is just going to keep capitulating and capitulating and capitulating, then the best thing that you can do is ratchet up the amount of weaponry that you have in order to prevent and forestall a military strike on North Korea. Okay, I want to talk about more malfeasance from the Clinton administration than what Bush did and then what Obama did. But for that, you're going to have to go over to dailywire.com. For $9.99 a month, you can become a subscriber to Daily Wire. That means that you can see our audio show in its full visual glory. It means that you can see the Michael Knowles show, which is brand new and surging up the iTunes news and politics charts for some godforsaken reason. But that is uh, that is filmed at uh, 1230 today, so you can watch that live at 1230 today Pacific time. You can see the wonderful and underrated Andrew Clavin show, which also has been making some serious moves on the iTunes charts. You can check that out. That, that starts at, what, 10 o'clock, 10, 10.15 uh, here, on, uh, here at Daily Wire. You can see all of these things live by subscribing for $9.99 a month, and you can be part of the mailbag on all three shows, which is a pretty awesome deal. Plus, you get to see our wonderful, beautiful, glorious website ad-free. Now, if you want to get the annual subscription, then you can get this magnificent leftist tears hot or cold tumbler it is filled with the fire and the fury and frankly the power it's incredible uh and uh, you will get this for free when you get an annual subscription for just 99 dollars a year so go over and check it out plus as i said before we are currently ranked number two at itunes as we have been all week long thanks to you our wonderful listenership uh if you go over and you haven't done it yet subscribe leave a review that helps us defeat oprah and we must defeat oprah Oprah must be defeated. She's currently number one on iTunes. That must end. Her reign of terror must end, uh, and, uh, and we must bring the fire and the fury to iTunes. So go over there, subscribe, and leave us a review. We always appreciate it. We are the largest conservative podcast in the nation. So again, the media are blaming Trump. They're suggesting, oh, Trump is the one who screwed everything up with regard to North Korea. Okay, so we've just shown you how Truman screwed up North Korea, how Ike signed an armistice, but that armistice led to the continuation of North Korea. Uh, we've shown you how Bill Clinton screwed up North Korea, and then he screws it up further. So this is really funny. It's funny how the media twists these things. I was watching a documentary. I think it was done by uh, the New York Times about North Korea and, and the nuclear deal that Bill Clinton did. Um, and what's really hilarious about this is they try to blame it on Bush. So everything has to be blamed on Bush. So it's, it's, so Clinton signs this crappy deal, and then they say, well, congressional Republicans came in and undermined the deal. No, that's not correct. 
Bill Clinton continued to fund the deal. He continued to make concessions. And this, this ridiculous, this ridiculous lawn gnome, uh, you know, Kim Jong-un, uh, he builds, uh, Kim Jong-il, his father, builds up a, a missile program, continues to build nuclear arms. And so Bill Clinton deploys Madeleine Albright in the late 90s to go over and give Kim, Jong, Kim Jong-il a basketball and make nice with him. Listen to how delusional. You want to hear delusional? Listen to how delusional Madeleine Albright, the, the Secretary of State under Bill Clinton, was about Kim Jong-il at the time. I went, having been briefed on what kind of a weirdo he was from our own people, he was portrayed as reclusive-like, uh, with many girlfriends and uh, watching porno movies, and basically a very weird kind of person that you had no idea what he was going to be like. He was actually quite charming. While I knew all the terrible things that he had done, I could at least make the distinction that he wasn't crazy. He was very, very well prepared, responded without notes, was not only uh, respectful, but also interested in what I had to say. The talks with Secretary Albright lead to a remarkable breakthrough. Kim Jong-il puts his missile program on the table. He offers to end all exports of ballistic missiles he offers to freeze the production, deployment, and testing of all ballistic missiles with a range of 300 miles or more. Okay, and so, so the, the, the claim here is that the, the Clintons were right on the verge of a breakthrough, and then evil George Bush came along and sunk all of that. Absolute nonsense. Kim Jong-il was going to continue building these missiles no matter what because he'd been doing so for the past 15 years. Okay, The idea that it was Bush that ruined everything is just absolute hogwash. It is absolute nonsense. Okay, and then finally, you know, the 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 ill regime, the Kim regime, uh, begins test firing nuclear weapons and missiles uh, in 2003, 2004. Bush declares them part of the access of evil. And now we fast forward to 2009. You want to hear some tough talk that means nothing? Barack Obama, who spent eight years doing nothing about the burgeoning missile capabilities of the North Koreans, this is him in 2009 saying, "Don't worry, there are going to be lots of consequences. Consequences like, like stuff that I say right here." From my mouth, with words. Barack Obama, go. North Korea's nuclear and ballistic missile programs pose a grave threat to the peace and security of the world, and I strongly condemn their reckless action. North Korea's actions endanger the people of Northeast Asia. They are a blatant violation of international law, and they contradict North Korea's own prior commitments. Now, the United States and the international community must take action in response. The record's clear. North Korea has previously committed to abandoning its nuclear program. Instead of following through on that commitment, it has chosen to ignore that commitment. Its actions have also flown in the face of United Nations resolutions. As a result, North Korea is not only deepening its own isolation, it's also inviting stronger international pressure. Yeah, clearly that's, that's worked. Evident. Okay, so again, all of this is nonsense, and now here comes Trump, and he says, fire and fury, and everyone goes, oh my God, he's going to kill us all, we're all going to die, ah! Okay, the chances here 
are that the North Koreans are just attempting to dissuade the United States from doing all of this. If we were to take a preemptive military strike, if there was that possibility without killing hundreds of thousands of South Koreans, it certainly should be on the table. Uh, and the fact that the United States has for so long done nothing, for 50 years done nothing about the burgeoning threat, in fact, forwarding their nuclear capacity uh, and then saying strong things without meaning anything, like one of two things is happening with Trump here. Either he means it, in which case that would be more than presidents for the last five decades have meant, or he doesn't mean anything, in which case he's perfectly within line with Bill Clinton and Barack Obama. But you can't pretend that he is some sort of complete nutcase who's doing something that is random and insane and more, the real threat is Donald Trump. That's a bunch of leftist claptrap. It's a piece of propaganda that is not helpful to the situation at all, at all. Okay, so in other news, in non-North Korea-related news, and the big story of the day is that FBI agents have raided the Alexandria home of President Trump's former campaign chairman late last month, this is according to the Washington Post, using a search warrant to seize documents and other materials, according to people familiar with the special counsel investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. Federal agents appeared at Paul Manafort's home without advance, in, in the, without advance warning in the pre-dawn hours of July 26th, the day after he met voluntarily with the staff of the Senate Intelligence Committee. The search warrant was wide-ranging. FBI agents working with special counsel Mueller departed the home with various records. Jason Maloney, a spokesman for Manafort, confirmed the agents executed a warrant at one of the political consultants' homes and that Manafort cooperated with the search. Okay, so the reason that this is very important is because if you actually have a search warrant, that requires you to actually demonstrate to a judge probable cause. That is how you actually get a search warrant legally. That means probable cause that you think a crime has been committed. The chances are very good that Paul Manafort is going to end up on the wrong end of an indictment here. And that, in turn, is going to be a problem for Trump because Trump, he was Trump's campaign manager for three months in the middle of the campaign. And Trump is going to claim that he didn't know anything that Manafort was doing. We still don't know if the prosecution of Manafort would have to do with his activities during the campaign or whether it was just him doing illegal stuff outside the campaign. That has yet to be seen. But it's a cloud looming over the Trump administration. And again, hard to say that Manafort isn't guilty of anything or that it's a witch hunt of Manafort when it's been clear for years that Paul Manafort uh, is, is deeply embedded and involved with the Russian government. I mean, again, I, I told you about this. I, I, was, I was approached by somebody back in like 2012, I think, uh, to write columns about Ukraine, and he dropped Paul Manafort's name. Uh, he had pitched me, think, one column about Ukraine without dropping Manafort's name. Uh, I, I wrote the column because I thought it was an interesting pitch. And then he mentioned Manafort's name, and I looked into it, and I was like, uh, no, we're not doing any of this anymore. <laughs> we're not going to do any of these things. Uh, and Manafort has long been a Kremlin stooge, essentially. So this would not be any great shock, but it has the potential to dirty up the Trump campaign. You could certainly see a situation in which people say Trump's campaign manager, Paul Manafort, uh, that he is uh, a, that, that he was a Russian stooge. Trump was working with him because he was a Russian stooge. You know, they, it's just too early to say. So before we all go off on the witch hunt tangent and say that Mueller is exceeding his grasp right here, Manafort's been dirty for a long time, and this is not a great shock. I've said for months, that if anybody in the Trump campaign was going to come down with criminal indictments, it was probably going to be Manafort. And then the question was going to be, what did Trump know? When did he know it? And what activities was Manafort engaged in with regard to the campaign? So before the media jumps to Trump's guilty of everything, and before the right jumps to the Trump is guilty of nothing routine, let's hear the evidence that's presented. I think that's a reasonable position. Okay, time for some things I like, and then some things that I hate, and then I'll do a short Bible talk. So things I like, uh, we've been doing books about communism. Uh, so George Orwell's most famous book about communism is 1984. It's funny. The left keeps saying, oh, it's not about communism. It's about fascism. Guys, it's about communism. Uh, George Orwell also wrote Animal Farm, which is clearly about communism. And he wrote what I think is actually his best book, a book called Homage to Catalonia. Uh, and it is about how George Orwell himself went and embedded 
with the communist troops in the Spanish Civil War, and he gradually realized that he was fighting on behalf of some bad guys, that yes, the fascists were bad, but so were the communists. And homage to Catalonia is all about his gradual realization that he was fighting on the side of people who wanted some pretty evil and egregious things. Uh, it's, I think, his best written book. I, I really love Homage to Catalonia. It's, it's a forgotten classic. You should go and check it out at Amazon.com. Uh, it is, as The New Yorker says, probably the best book on the Spanish Civil War. And Orwell is just a terrific writer. I mean, everything Orwell wrote is, is worth reading. And, and this book is, like, seriously, nobody ever looks at this book. And you should, because it's be I think it's better than 1984. I think it's better than Animal Farm. Okay, time for some things that I hate. So, uh, a couple of things that I hate, particularly uh, Stephen Miller. I was on TV last night. One of the things I, I cannot stand is just the level of sycophancy of some people in the Trump administration toward Trump. It's just, it's off-putting. It's egregious. It demonstrates that this is all that Trump cares about, and that's really gross. So yesterday there was a report that Trump every morning has delivered to him in a folder, basically a propaganda folder, that has in it news clippings about how wonderful he is, headlines about how great he is, and then also pictures of himself looking tough on the news. Seriously. Okay, that's not good. That's not good. Okay, that's the kind of narcissism that leads to bad decision making. And then you have members of his communication staff going on TV and seeing how deeply they can bury their nose in his ass in order to elevate themselves in, in Trump's mind. So they're performing for an audience of one. Stephen Miller, who's a very smart guy, I know Stephen, you know, Stephen, who is a, a policy wonk when it comes to immigration. He's on Tucker Carlson last night, and he unleashes this broadside of, in, of inanity uh, with regard to President Trump's myriad qualities. President Trump's the most gifted politician of our time, and he's the best orator to hold that office in generations. And so we're going to take the message out to the people. Because you said he is the leader of this nationwide and worldwide populist movement. Okay, really? He's the greatest orator in modern history? Really, is he? He's the greatest politician of our time? Amazing stuff. Amazing stuff from Stephen Miller. In fact, we have a clip of Stephen Miller. This is back in the 1950s when Stephen Miller was uh, defending a, a guy who used to serve in the army with named Raymond Shaw. We have some clips of him and, and, and Sarah Huckabee Sanders and other members of the Trump administration talking about this Raymond Shaw character. Raymond Shaw is the kindest, bravest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. Raymond Shaw is the bravest, kindest, warmest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. I said Raymond Shaw is the kindest, warmest, bravest, most wonderful human being I've ever known in my life. <laughs> of course, that's all from the Manchurian Candidate. In that movie, these people have actually been brainwashed in Manchuria by the Chinese government uh, because Raymond Shaw is actually a Chinese spy. Uh, that, of course, is not what is happening here. But really, can we cut out the sycophancy? Like, Mr. Mr. President, I, I gave you a, a piece of advice yesterday. It was shut up, let your administration do its job, because when that happens, good things happen. Another piece of advice. Please. Tell your comms people they don't have to go on TV and reenact the first scene from King Lear where King Lear's daughters go up before King Lear and just, and just kiss his ass. Like, please, just stop it because it's a bad look. It doesn't make you look any better. You think that it helps the American people. It doesn't help the American people. It makes it look like you are self-absorbed. And we don't like self-absorbed presidents as a general rule. It doesn't end well for them. Okay, other things that I, that I hate today. Uh, so Roy Moore... Uh, is one of the candidates for Alabama Senate, and he is, uh, and he ran an ad slamming what he calls the DC slime machine. Roy Moore is a very conservative candidate, uh, and he is running against a guy named Luther Strange. Luther Strange is the interim senator from Alabama who filled the slot left by Jeff Sessions when he became Attorney General of the United States. President Trump yesterday came out and endorsed Roy Moore's opponent in this race. He endorsed, instead of Roy Moore, he endorsed 
Luther Strange, the current interim senator, who is very much in bed with Mitch McConnell. Uh, Roy Moore is a much better candidate, and uh, and it's it's sad to me that Luther Strange, who unfortunately does not have the power to control time and space, uh, Dr. Strange, but uh, it, it is sad to me that President Trump endorsed the wrong guy. Here is some of Roy Moore's ad. This is the guy who should be in runoff for Senate in Alabama. They lied about repealing Obamacare. Now Mitch McConnell's D.C. slime machine spending millions spreading lies about Roy Moore, bearing false witness. Why? We know why. We all know why. Roy Moore's honest, and Moore's his own man. Moore fears God, stands for the Constitution, fights for what is right, and believes what we believe. Drain the swamp. Send McConnell a message. Send them all a message. Roy Moore, Senate. My name's Roy Moore, and I approve this message. Okay, so Trump endorsed not Roy Moore, but Mitch McConnell's handpick, Luther Strange. Again, bad move. It's Alabama. Whoever wins the Republican nomination here is going to win the seat. Uh, and, uh, and Trump sided with the establishment. This is not draining the swamp. Okay, final thing that I hate. Uh, Ashley Judd is very angry because apparently she was at the airport and some dude called her, uh, called her sweetheart, I guess. Uh, and this is, this is just terrible. No man should ever call a woman sweetheart under any circumstances. Uh, the, she just called them, I guess, nasty names. So here, here's, here's Ashley Judd getting very, very upset. I'm traveling today, and this is the kind of thing to me that happens, which I categorize as everyday sexism. And it's so easy to let it go, not to speak up, particularly when it's so easy for someone to push back and say, oh, I was just being polite or something like that. So I was coming through security, and a guy said, Hey, sweetheart. And I said, I'm not your sweetheart. I am your client. So I was already setting a boundary. Oh, God. Okay, and then so when I was setting she, my... What, what a nasty person. Like, somebody says, sweetheart... There are two ways to say sweetheart. One's like, hey, sweetheart. Like, it's a meaning. Okay, another is just to say sweetheart like you're just talking to a person. Like, when an older man talks to a younger woman, that's fairly common. Like, my dad... When he talks to younger women, when he talks to younger women who he's who he's being friendly to, sometimes he'll just say he'll say sweetheart, just like a nice thing. Like my my dad is the cleanest cut guy I know. I mean, it's just it's insane for Ashley Judd to get like. There's so many things to be offended over in the world. There's so many things to be angry over in the world. Somebody calling you sweetheart or holding a door open for you is not the thing to be offended over. If this offends you, it's because you're a sad small human being. Okay, really. First of all, ask any dude if they'd be offended if a, if a girl called them sweetheart. Okay, the answer is no. If a girl called the dude sweetheart, we'd be like, that's kind of awesome. Like, that'd be, <laughs> like, it'd be nice if women treated us nicely on a daily basis. That'd be pretty spectacular. Uh, so it, just, just ridiculous from Ashley Judd. But the feminist movement is, uh, is Don Quixote in search of a windmill. Uh, and so they will continue to vault at those windmills. Okay, so final, uh, final thing. We are going to do a quick, quick, quick uh, Bible review today. So this is from Isaiah chapter 50. Uh, so every week the Jews read a portion of the Torah, and then we also read a portion from the prophets and the writings. And this is this week's portion. It says, The Lord God opened my ear. I did not rebel. I did not turn away backwards. I gave my back to smiters and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I did not hide my face from embarrassments and spitting, but the Lord God helps me. Therefore, I was not embarrassed. Therefore, I made my face like flint, and I knew I would not be ashamed. So it's interesting because this obviously presages the, the New Testament section where it talks about turning the other cheek, right? I mean, this is pretty clear language where he says that he turns his cheeks to people who plucked off his hair. You know, what he's saying here is not that you, not, you should not speak the truth or that you should give leeway to bad people who harm you. What he is saying is that you should not feel spiritually insulted when people say the wrong thing to you. You should be strong enough in your values that when people say things that are not true about you, you shouldn't take it to heart. 
You shouldn't be embarrassed. You should make your face like Flint. You shouldn't accept the criticism as meaning that you're a lesser human being. You should understand that being tough in the name of God, you know, being tough on behalf of Judeo-Christian values, these things are, are, should give you strength. They should give you the inner strength to know that if people slap you, okay, so whatever, they slap you, big deal, big deal. You're stronger than that. Your values are stronger than that. He who vindicates you is near. Whoever wishes to quarrel with you, let us stand together. Whoever is my contender shall approach me. The Lord God shall help me. Who is he that will condemn me? Behold, all of them shall wear out like a garment. A moth shall consume them. And this is right. People who espouse the wrong values in life, uh, they do tend to wear out pretty quickly. And so do those values as we are seeing every day from the, from the international hard left. Okay, so we'll be back here tomorrow. Hopefully uh, there won't be a nuclear war in the meantime. That would be unfortunate. I would hate to... To, for the world to end while well, I'm number two to Oprah on iTunes. That would just be sad. So let's make me number one on iTunes. And then if there's nuclear war, I think we all can, can live with that end of the world. I think we can. Okay, I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com slash Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 